child of God. Amen. A quick, uh, a quick thought. Um, the other day, I was—I don't know who said it earlier, but I was—I uh, was really thinking about eternity the other day, and I'm—I'm I'm careful about saying when things hit me because sometimes I just have a thought and it's just me. But then there are times when things hit me, you know. And the eternity thing hit me the other day, and I really got to really thinking about that. And, and, and there's so much. Uh, I was reading some discussions the other day on um, there were some high-profile uh, football players that were do they were giving interviews, and some of them just you know simply said, "I just don't believe in God." And what kind of God would send His creation to hell? And I thought it was so interesting because I realized there was such a lack of knowledge there, and that this. And, and I thought it was funny because I you know I that had come to me and then I read that article and, I, and it really struck me and I thought there is heaven and then there is hell and it's real and, I, and I'm saying that to everybody here it's real, heaven and hell is real and then when this thing is done regardless of what happens between you and the Lord when you stand before him you're only going to go one place or the other and so we've got to be prepared we've got to prepare ourselves and it doesn't really matter what the, what the world's argument is on the topic are on the matter, it's been settled already. Amen. And so now that it's been settled, you, you simply have to understand the disposition of the Lord. And if he says that there is heaven and there is hell, and choose this day whom you're going to serve, yeah. I reckon you better do that. Amen. You better do it. Heaven and hell's real, church. We're going to go to one place or we're going to go to the other. Kids be dismissed tonight. Have a good time. Hey, Tanner. Yeah, go ahead. Since you mentioned that, today I, I, I screenshotted this because oh, it's, been, it's been on yeah. my heart all day. But awesome. I've been maintaining on this all day since I read it this morning. But is uh, Luke, I'm sure you know it's Luke 9, 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Oh, isn't that real? Oh, man. So it just yeah. kind of, I mean, I've read that many times, but today yeah. it just really. It hits you. Yes. And, yes. and, and not in a cliched way, but right. it hits you yeah. spiritually. <laughs> You're right. It hits you. You know, we you know either we're gonna we're gonna fight tooth and nail to keep our lives in this world, and and, and I know I mean it's it's every day. You know, there's a bit of a temptation to, you know, and, and to really just go all out. And I wanna and, and I feel at times you know I'm I'm struggling with digging up the roots or, or or trying to you know keep them from planting themselves deeper into this world. And there's nothing that this thing has to offer in in what you really consider eternity. You consider the vastness of it and the reward of it, and I'm not even I'm not even speaking about the time that we'll have with the Savior Himself. I'm just talking about the reward that has been promised to you and I for those who serve Him. That is heaven, and, and just to be able to live forever and to live in eternity um, and in a place where there are no things that that corrupt and there are no things that um, that are or no sickness and no disease. When I think about those things in the short time that I'm here on Earth, man, there's just nothing here. There's just nothing here. There's just not. There ain't a vehicle out there. There ain't a house big enough. Uh, the, the account can't get big enough. Uh, Amen. When we consider all of those those things. So, all right, turn to the book of uh, John tonight. Gospel Amen. of John. Quick recap. Last week, we were talking about purposefully... Some of you remember this, uh, and for those of you who weren't there, I'll recap it real quick, because tonight's kind of a part two to that. Um, we're talking about uh, seed planting. 
and and not just the kind of seed planting that we plant when we're planting in other people's lives, but the seed planting that you have to plant in your own life. And and that's still kind of I've still been meditating on that, and it's really uh, it's helped me a bunch in the in the way that I study, uh, in, in the way that I I guess you could say in the way that I go to bed, in the way that I wake up, in my study times, in the way in, in what I study, that I, I purposefully look to plant a seed into my own life, something that's going to sprout and, and something that's going to really begin to move me spiritually, not just reading, not just putting in the time to say that I did it. And I, I know I'm not rehashing last week. I'm just I'm saying that because we need to, I need to kind of recap that before we walk into this uh, because there's some parallels. And, and, and that I, I have to consciously want to be taught. And, I, and that really struck me because you, you have to be somebody who's okay with being taught in order to, to, to get good seed planted in you, even if you're on your own. Even if you're somebody who says, I don't like really listening to anyone else. I kind of I kind of just like to listen for the Spirit. Well, guess what? You still got to be somebody that likes to be taught. And so in order to learn and to get good seed planted in your life, you got to be willing to learn it. You got to be open. You know, and, and all things considered, there's not a lot of room for pride when we consider the value of learning. There's just not. You think about it. Anytime that you've ever had ego in the area of your life, ego, you were um, egotistical about your, your opinion, you thought your opinion was better than everyone else, you think about those times where you had yourself installed there, where ego was there, you never learned anything new, ever. You had what you knew, and you stuck with it. So, I mean, it's safe to say, if we have pride and we're not willing to learn, we're never going to get anywhere. We're never going to be able to get the proper seeds planted. Um, and we, and, and saying this, and then we'll keep moving. Um, if, there, if there's anything that stuck with me last week in my own personal studies, it's that we desperately need fresh seed in our lives. Desperately need fresh seed in our lives. Constantly. New growth. Things happening. Movement spiritually. Spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking. You need some things to be going on. Okay. So, in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 15, there's going to be some uh, familiar scriptures to a lot of you. You're going to say, I know these scriptures. I've read these many times. So, we were a seed last week. We are talking about, you know, planting that seed, and we got that seed, putting that seed in us, and now that seed has sprouted and it's become something. And in order for that seed to become something, it's also got to stay connected to something. And that's what we're talking about tonight is the true vine. It says in verse 1, it says, And I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. You may miss it. Notice there where verse 1 actually distinguishes the father and the son. You catch that? I love that because there's meaning in that. There's value in that. He says, I am the true vine, the Christ. He says, I'm the true vine. And he says, my father is the husbandman. And this goes back to that there is no other way to the Father except through the Son. That, that verifies that. It validates it. He said, I'm the vine. All branches, everything's, everything is hooked to me. But my Father is the husband. He, he's the, how do I say this? He's the owner. He's the creator. He's the master grower of the whole thing. I like that. 
I like that. Because Christ is who we're connected to. That's, that's who we're connected to. But by staying in him, we also get access to the Father. Okay, now look. He said, every branch in me, every branch. What is, what is every branch? Well, every branch is every believer. Every believer. So, first of all, we consider ourselves, if you know Christ as your Savior, then you automatically include yourself in this. You say, well, I'm a believer. Okay, now remember that. Remember that you said that. I'm a believer. I'm a branch. Look at, look at this process that we do with branches. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Huh, that's, that's kind of disturbing. <laughs> when we, you look at, look at what he says here, and I get excited because I, I, I say, well, I'm one of those branches. I'm excited. I'm a branch, and, and he's the vine, and I'm connected to him, and I love that. I love every bit of that. But he starts off with, with this process saying that every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. I think, man, you could have said of anything. You could have said a lot of different things, but you had to say that. He said, if you're not bearing any fruit, then he said he removes that. He gets that out of the way. So automatically, as a believer, I get excited now because I've already moved. I moved, I've moved into stage two. I said, I want to bear fruit. Why? Because I don't want to be taken away, obviously. I don't want to be removed. Well, there's a process that, that this actually um, determines that. And he said, he said, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it or prunes it. And I think that I was looking at a, a, a picture the other day, and there was this tree. And I'll finish the rest of it here in a minute. But there was this tree, and it was a small tree. It was a fruit tree. And there was these white bands wrapped around some of the branches. And I started reading the article, and they were talking about the, the, um, the art of pruning and how complicated that process really is and how much really goes into actually pruning a fruit tree to grow correctly. And, and I had for a long time, I just assumed that the, that the bands were there uh, because something had happened. I thought maybe the tree was injured. I did not realize that there was a certain, uh, there's a bit of directionalness that sometimes the grower has to give to his trees in, in order to get them to grow correctly. So what he does is he wraps these bands around these low hanging limbs that are kind of running into the ground and he teaches them to bring them up. He teaches them actually to grow with the rest of the other branches that are growing in a very particular direction. And so I read that and I thought, that's really, really good because I thought of, and I was going to bring something tonight, and I was actually going to tie somebody up, but I, I couldn't find anything, you know, that anyone would actually let me do that with. So you think about this, and I'm going to use Jesse as an example. You think about him grabbing one of your branches and regardless of you know the state that you're in in your life, there are times when he has to do some pruning. And so when he does that, he, he, he hooks up to it and he brings it in the direction that it needs to go. Now, because that has been in that position for a long time, that's probably not going to feel very good. You know, it's kind of like being in a, in a position for a really long time. You get stiff, right? And I think sometimes, uh, I think sometimes we get spiritually stiff. We just get in one place for a long time, and we just kind of stay there. 
and then and then God comes along. He's like, okay, you're bearing some fruit and it's looking good, but we need you to do a bit of pruning. Okay, now hold on there. You know, it's kind of I, I reminds me of kind of like a kid in a dentist office. You know, I'm I'm scary because of all these tools and stuff. It's just hold still, everything will be fine. And he comes up and he snips a little here and he snips a little there, and he kind of releases the the um the branch from maybe some of the excess weight that's kind of dragging it down. And he ties this band around it and he gets it and he holds it up. He's like, okay, there we go. We got you right where we need you to be. Now just stay there. Spiritually speaking, that's kind of uncomfortable because now you got me in a position that I have never been in before. Can anyone agree with being in positions that you've never been in before? Amen. And sometimes it's quite uncomfortable. But that is actually a part of the pruning process. And, and as complicated of a process as it is, it's very interesting because the master grower, in this case, it's, it's going to be uh, the husbandman, the, the one at the very top. He understands the growth process. He gets it. I have at many times thought I understood the growth process in my life making determinations about what I needed, what I should do, where I should go, how I should do things. And yes, I've been given a mind and I should make my own decisions, but I know when I should be leaning on him and then I also know when I've gotten away on my own. You know, kind of, I've kind of started to do things my way. And what he did was, is he come up and he, he grabbed me. He said, time for some pruning. Snip, snip, snip. And let's hoist this thing up here and let's get it in the direction that it needs to go. I think a lot of times, you know, thank God, thank God for change of circumstances. And, and I'm not saying that um, taking anything away from any of some of the pains that you've had to deal with. But thank God for storms. Thank God for things that jar us and take us out of where we are at to get us going back in the direction that we need to go. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are backslidden. It means that in order to produce more fruit at this point, there's going to have to be a pruning. No other way. You think, I want to get closer to God. We've all said that, right? I want to get closer to God. And anytime you talk about the fruit, everybody unanimously says, I want to bear more fruit, right? Well, Amen. you cannot. It is impossible to bear any more fruit at certain seasons of your life unless you get pruned. Unless you get some snipping done. Unless you get a, a couple of them bands wrapped around you. You got your leg up there by your head and you're thinking, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't want to be here. It's pruning. It's pruning. And so I, I said thank God for those because, um, you know, we need, we need things to challenge us. We need things in our life to challenge us. We need it. We need, we need, to, be, we need to be gut punched every once in a while to, get to, to wake us up and, and, to, and to allow us to go into the pruning process. And, and, and I've said this before, and you've heard pastors say it before. You know, I, I love times of peace, you know, when everything is great and there's no struggle and it's good and, we're in, and things are going the way that you want it to. But I'm pretty certain that we would not make any different of a decision in our life if we were not kicked out and evicted from that location. And pruning does that. 
Pruning does it. Pruning says, sorry, you can't hold your hands like that no more. <laughs> sorry, you can't, you can't do that no more. I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to put you in a, different, in, in a different place so we can grow some more fruit. So we can get some more fruit on that tree. And the husbandman sees the potential of the tree and sees the possibility of growth and sees how big you really couldn't, you can grow. He sees it. But it's up to you and I to trust him with the process. He gets it. And he knows it. All right. So let's keep going. <clears throat> All right. So he said, in every branch that bears fruit, he, he purges it or prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. In verse 4 he says, abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Amen. That's really, that's a good scripture. That the, that the, this branch, the believer, remember, we're likening it to that. The believer cannot bear fruit of except, of itself, except it abide in the vine. Remember, don't forget, who the vine is. The vine is Christ. Amen. And what they're, what they're attaching this to is the reality of the cross. And the finished work of the cross, that's where that's coming from, is that we understand that we have to stay connected to everything that the cross gave birth to. Are you with me? Everything that the, that the cross gave birth to and allowed access to, we stay connected to that because that is the vine. And I want to stay connected to the vine. And I'm telling you tonight, church, it goes much farther and much deeper and much more intimate than just saying, yeah, I know Christ. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Oh, come on. That's it? I hear everybody say that. I hear everybody say they go to church. Yeah, yeah, I got saved a long time ago. But it's, there's a difference. There's a huge difference than just having been associated with a group of people and a church name and some, and, and grandma and grandpa and, and there's, there's got to be more than just an association. There's got to be something else that takes place, that fires up within each one of us, that we understand and know that we are connected to the vine. There's more to it than just the, the, uh, the, the um, superficial surface of religion. And it's got to be more valuable to you than that. It has to be. And so when we're talking about bearing fruit, and we're talking about being a branch and actually being in this thing, and wanting to bear some things that are useful, because remember we said, we're talking about it last week, that all of this that we plant in us eventually at some point in time is going to be yieldable to someone else. That's what it is. It's it's going to be, what, what's going to be yieldable? I mean, you say, well, it's fruit, right? Yeah, but it's Christ. You understand what that fruit represents. It's everything that he's about. And so we're yielding this stuff. And so why wouldn't he want it to be in good shape? And we had fruit trees when I was a kid, and, and I would mow the lawn, and I would grab off that pear tree when I went underneath of it. And I'd wipe that thing off, and I'd eat that pear. And sometimes I'd grab that thing, and the worms would be all corroded in it, and it'd be rotted, and I'd say, that's no good, chunk it. And on the next pass, I'd grab that branch, and I'd find me another one. I'd find me a good one. People don't need to find damaged fruit on your tree. And, and understand when I say this, I want you to understand when I'm saying this, when we start talking about damaged fruit, I'm not just talking about a flaw in your personality. 
Come on. That's not what I'm talking about. Remember what it says here. You got to keep it in the right context. We're talking about being connected to the vine. Uh -huh. So all the fruit that you bear, remember, is a representation of the power of the vine. So what does this fruit represent? Well, it represents Christ. It's not just, well, I've got some fruit on my tree. You know, that's okay. It's talking about direct connection to him. So if my fruit's bad, it's a bad representation on Christ. It's on him. It's not just a personality flaw. It's not just, it's not just oh, I made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. You can make mistakes and have great fruit. You can make tons of mistakes and have phenomenal fruit. But you can, you can be out there and try your hardest never to make a mistake and have awful fruit. We need, to, we need to understand what this fruit represents and what it really means to not have the fruit that you should be yielding. It's about the cross, people. It's about the cross. And it's about representation. And, and, if, and, and if he's talking about something as dramatic and drastic, think about that. Think about how, how dramatic it is for him to say, hey, if you're not bearing fruit, I'm just going to get rid of you. What? That's kind of harsh, isn't it? What's at stake? What's at stake? Not, not, not just some, you know, little idea over here or maybe some mistake that you made. No, that's not it. We're not talking about that. There's got to be something of greater value at stake for him to say, if you're not bearing fruit, I'm going to have to get you out of the way because you're weighting this thing down. We're going to have to do something about that. It's serious. It's serious business. Pastor ministered a message. Um, uh, this last Sunday, I think it was, or maybe the Sunday before, about how seriousness, the seriousness of the uh, of the matter, of the issue, of what we're up against, of what we're dealing with. Uh, he, he mentioned warfare just a second ago. Jesse, what's the sound on the back of your shirt? Don't you know we are at war? Don't you know that we are at war? Uh -huh. Serious, right? It's not a video game. You know, you don't get three extra lives. You get one. You got to do it right, right now, today. We got to do it right. And, and, and realize the, the representation of the fruit and what this actually means to bear fruit and what the Father, the emphasis the Father is putting on the fruit for him to say how valuable this thing is. And I want to prune you, and I want you to bear great fruit. What an honor for him to say that he would be willing to do the pruning in your life so we can bear some good fruit. What an honor. What an honor. Okay, let's keep moving. Um, and he said, except, uh, he said, cannot bear fruit. Of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Now he uses something here. He uses a very particular word. You may think that you're hearing something rhetorical. You're not. He says something here that brings it all together, and he uses the word abide. Abide. So, so if I'm abiding with you, that literally means I'm, and I'm gonna put it in different terms so we can understand. I'm gonna spend the day with you. You with me? That's what that means. I'm going to if you if if I'm abiding with you, I'm gonna spend the day with you. If it was something else, then we would call it something else. We call it a visit, or we call it a meeting. But abiding yields something more intimate and of a longer lastingness to it. He said, "If you abide in me." There's a bit of, um, how do I say this? I said intimacy, but there's, there's this call here. He said, I, I want to I be 
I want to be with what you're doing. I'm the vine. You're the branches. I want to be a part of what's going on in your life, and I want you to be a part of what's going on in mine. There's some serious intimacy going on here. Not just analogy of a tree and a branch. Are you with me? There's something more going on here. And so he said, You are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me, get this, listen to this, for without me, you can do nothing. You couldn't put it any more blunt than that. <laughs> Without me, you can do nothing. Now, what that means is, is that you can do nothing with eternal value. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I hold a job down without the Lord? Yeah. Can, can, I, can I go through this life and follow, go through the motions without him? Yes. But isn't that what we're trying to avoid? Isn't, isn't that what we're trying to get past and get around? And that there's more, there's something more than just going through the motions. There, there's something more valuable than just existing. That's no fun. That's no fun at all. Just being here, just going to go through this thing, and then when it's over, we can just say, well, I did the best that I could. No, there, there's something more to it than that. And he says, without, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing you do apart from him will have any kind of eternal value nothing you do without him can have any kingdom value right you say i want to work for god that's great but you if you do it without him then you're just it's just uh, just plain work you see he, he calls us to do things with kingdom value that that actually will will have an, an eternal an eternal significance he said lay up your treasures in heaven where, where, moth, where moth, nor rust, or no decay, or anything can corrupt it. Now, why would he say something like that? Why would he say something like that if he isn't already encouraging us to understand eternal value and that apart from him, there is no eternal value? There's none. So he said, make sure you understand that there, this is all about kingdom work. This is all about doing things for me. In, in, in within the kingdom realm not just being a good person not just going through this life and at the end of it you know they you have a, a stone that says you know here lies so and so that lived from this day to this day and they were a good person and they did a good job and they lived a good life I gotta have more than that there's gotta be more to this than just the headstone at the end of it all it's got to be eternal. It's got to be eternal. Okay. So, all right. So he steps up. He picks up the pace here again. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. Now, this is where he's getting into, and he's talking about not abiding in him again and the consequences of it. Now, look what he says. He says, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. As men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Another part of the pruning process that I thought was interesting <laughs> is that as the, as the master grower is going through and he's grabbing the branches, he's looking for dead branches. And the reason he's looking for dead branches is because dead branches actually suck the energy and the nutrients and waste it Amen. from the rest of the tree. So he goes in and he's cutting these branches off, these dead branches, and making sure that they don't interfere with the rest of it. Now that makes a little more sense to me now. 
Now, why would you say that you would just dispose of me? Why would you get me out of the way? Because there's more going on here than just you. There's more here going on than just you. And he's saying, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna be the dead weight, if you're gonna be the one to to to, to pull this thing down, and you're gonna want to be apart from me, I have got no choice but to cut this thing apart. And you have to be cast to the ground and they'd be burned up with the rest of them. You get the analogy, right? You're going to disconnect from the vine. You're going to disconnect from, the, uh, from, from uh, this walk for eternity. You disconnect from that. And all of a sudden, I'm being likened as a branch and a bunch of other branches being thrown all together and being burned. Not that I thought it was really interesting that the, those dead branches are the ones that are starting to become dead are sucking energy, sucking life. And so let's let's take that for just a moment and put that in the context of church. Now just, for, just for a moment, just entertain the thought for just a moment that if, if we've got a, a congregation of 100, but 10 of the 100 really want to grow and to get closer to God, but 90 of them could care less, how's that gonna work out for the congregation? You're going to get majority rules. You're going to get the 90. And spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, the weight will be on the 10. Spiritually speaking, the 10 will feel the pull of the 90. Um, kind of, uh, kind of like feed me, feed me, pat me on the back, tell me I'm doing a good job. I don't have to do anything. But I just want you to continually feed me and, and pour into me and give to me. And, and, and when you do that for a long period of time, and this is what he's saying, and, and I got the analogy from studying the aspect of the tree, is that 90 sucked the life right out of the 10. And he said, no, we can't have that. We, we, can't, we can't have that. That's not going to work. I have to prune that. I have no choice. That branch is going to have to fall, and it's going to have to die out, and then something else or it's going to have to grow in its place. I have no choice. And so I'm not saying because you've been naughty that God's just going to cut you off. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that you have a purpose and a worth. But you have to start looking at, you have to look at yourself more than just free weight. And just being here. And that's good enough. No, that's not just simply good enough just to be here. We need to be bearing fruit. Valuable fruit for the kingdom and for kingdom work. And for things that are going on within the world that we live in. And we all agree that this thing is winding down quick, right? I mean, we, I think we can all agree with that. This thing is getting crazy and there's all kinds of things going on. Things that have never happened before in history. Shouldn't we be alerted? Shouldn't we be alerted more now than ever in history? Shouldn't the church be on its knees preparing as we've been commanded for the return of the king? Amen. He said, watch. Didn't he say that? He said, watch, because you don't know when I'm coming, but you better be ready when I get there. It'd be a bad situation. I'm just giving you an example. It'd be a bad situation for the king to show up, and I got nothing but dead branches. I don't know what, how that conversation is going to go. Right to the fire. I'm, I'm, you know, dying or dead. So... We got to consider all aspects of this walk 
and, the, and, and hear what he's saying here in these scriptures. And then he says something here. He says in verse 7, he says, If, and the big word is if, if you abide in me. Here's that word abide again too. Remember, intimacy, longevity, um, uh, actually spending some time. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, think about what he said there. If you abide in who? What do you say? Let's, let's, let's unpack it. If you abide in the vine, right? You're the branch. He's the vine. He said, if you abide in me. Okay, that's, that's the first part. We get that right. Then he says something a bit different. The second time he says, in my words abide in you. Uh-huh. That's getting, and now it's getting good. He says, you shall ask what you will and that shall be done to you. Now we're talking about power. We're talking about power. Now we're actually starting to see what the, the final finished product of a fruit bearer is supposed to look like. This, he said, this, this is it right here. This is an identity. This is an identity of a healthy relationship with the vine. This is what this looks like. I'm connected to the vine. His words abide in me. I've been spending time in his word and, 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 and learning his word and putting it in me and planting those seeds. And now it is beginning to grow. And he said, now that you're at this stage, just ask and it'll be done for you. So there have been times in my life and, and I didn't realize what had happened. I always use myself because it's the only real good example I can, I can use because I was there. And I remember, you know, being desperate and praying. I prayed, you know, and I prayed and I poured out my heart to God. And I said, I just need, I need, I need this from you. And nothing happened. And I, I could feel him. He was there. But it didn't, it just, nothing was really happening. And weeks go into months and nothing's really happening. And then as I, I would study his word, you've heard me say, I'm talking about putting his word in you. And I would study his word on that topic. And I begin to take it in and write it down, and I begin to drink, and I begin to eat. And then not, not an ordinary or typical reading session. I mean, I'm eating and drinking. And what I mean, what that looks like to me in my life is just more than likely tears pouring down my face while I'm reading. And that's just usually how it looks when I'm feeding uh, from him. And I can feel the word going in, and it's impacting. It's making a difference. And all of a sudden, the thing that I had asked for begin to come to pass. How is that possible? How? Because of the word. Because there, there was, there's something about putting his word into action. Uh, this this right here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, see, it's not just enough to just abide in me. Uh-huh. You say, well, that's good enough, right? Yes, it's great if you're looking to get in by the just the threads. But remember... He has the vision for your tree. He sees how big it can be and how great it can be. He sees the potential of who you were meant to be. He sees it. And so he's saying that the finished product can ask what it wants to, and I will do it for them. Mm -hmm. But you get there not just simply by um, just knowing the vine, but you got his words living in you now. I didn't, I didn't finish explaining that, but it always feels to me that when I put his word in me, all of a sudden there's a sense of stability and confidence. 
stability and confidence. And I use those words very particular and I choose, I chose those words for a reason, stability and confidence. And they swell up inside of me and it comes from the word. I can't explain it. I didn't design it. He did. Uh -huh. So whatever's going on in my tree, when those things happen, I know that when I take the time to put the word in me, all of a sudden something happens because I'm connected to the vine. Amen. It's like this, it's like a chemical reaction. And I can't help. I can't help but feel stability. I can't help but feel uh, confidence. I can't help but feel this surge of, of power and I can feel him there. And I'm thinking, you know what? There's some wheels turning that wasn't turning before and I can't explain it, but it's there. I know it's there. So when I'm, and I want you to understand tonight, believers, that when I'm, I'm telling you this stuff, I, I'm talking to you as somebody who is getting off of the milk and on the meat. I'm talking to people that you, that you know. You know what it takes to grow. That's the way I'm talking to you tonight. I'm talking to you uh, plain and straight from the heart. Okay, so he said, and he said, you ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, because that's what the whole thing was about anyway, right? Right? The whole tree pruning process, the whole growth process, the fruit bearing, all was to bring glory to the Father. Always has been and always will be. And, and when you really back up and put that in the right framework, that makes life a little bit easier to understand. I was doing this whole thing for him anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't to see what I could get out of it. It wasn't anything other than glorifying of the Father. And so when you do that, we keep that in the right in the right framework, and we glorify Him. Everything just seems to work out like it's supposed to. Amen. It says that you, and He said in verse eight, He says, "Here in uh, in my Father is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. He gets glory from you bearing the fruit. So shall you be my disciples." And we we've, we've talked about you know being you know servants and how He said you know you're not servants anymore. You're friends. You're friends to me. But I believe that there's a theme here as with last week into this week, and I think there's a third week. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. Um, there's something going on here with this um, uh, willing and self-conscious, purposely taking a moment to start putting and investing back into your own spiritual life again. I'm not saying that you hadn't. I'm not saying that you hadn't. And I don't know what that looks like to you. But there's this, there's this churning to take a step back, maybe, and I don't, know what, I don't know what your life is like, I don't know what you deal with in your life, but to look at the framework of your life and say, and ask yourself that question, am I really connected to the vine like I want to be? Am I really bearing fruit that is good and that is healthy? Come on. Or do I struggle to bear any kind of fruit or is my fruit rotting or is my fruit not any good anymore is my fruit uh does my fruit not grow very big it, is, it was very small i think these are questions that when when we start growing and planting as seeds and then we come up into the fruit era and the fruit part of this that we really have to start looking at this this design that god has put in front of us he's put a magnificent design in front of us and he said, this is the way that it is. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And my design is for you to bear fruit. Amen. So if we're not bearing fruit, if we're not bearing fruit, then something's not right. Something's not right. I didn't say you was a sinner. 
I didn't say he was going to go to hell. Now remember, I'm talking to seasoned Christians here. I said that God's plan is for you to bear fruit. And if, and if we're not taking enough time out of our own lives to make sure the fruit is okay on our tree, then I think we've gotten out of touch. Amen. I think we've gotten out of touch with what this whole thing is really even about. I, uh, there's been some times that, uh, I don't know, if, you, if you'd have showed me a picture, <clears throat> if you said, Tanner, I'm gonna sh I'll show you a picture of what your tree looks like and how, how your fruit looks, I'd have said, no, I don't want to see my tree. I just don't. I don't want to see it. You, we, know, we know when we're not where we need to be. Pastor's been talking about it, and I'll say this and we'll close. Pastor's been talking about it, and it's still something that, that's it's been on my heart. Um, you, don't, you, don't get, you don't get the kind of connection that, that you really want with God unless you take time to actually go do it. Amen. You just don't. You know, and I got, I've, I've talked to many, many brothers some of you, maybe even here, some of the back and, and some not here tonight, I said, you know what, we get together sometime, we'll have coffee. Maybe we'll spend a little while and we'll talk and, and fellowship. It'll never happen. Now, I, I'm, I'm saying that shamefully because on my part, I failed. I failed. I said, I want to get together with these, with these brothers and I want to, you know, talk with them and fellowship with them. It don't happen. Why? Because life is too busy. And, and I gave in to it. I just let it slip away. And I said, man. I'm going to get that done. I remember doing that when I was like in my 20s. And I was 40. And I'm thinking, how many times, <clears throat> now, I'm, I'm being honest. How many times can we say that before we run out of time? How many times can we say that? How many times can I actually use that as an excuse and say, man, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And then before you know it, my life's over. Amen. I ran out of time. So, if you would, please stand tonight. Brother, you know what that is when you feel it, when that word starts coming forth, you know what that means? What is it? That you're blooming. Yes, sir. I believe it. <laughs> I believe ready, it. Getting ready to. Mm -hmm. Getting ready. ready. Something fixing to happen. Yeah. So tonight, blooming. just a, a serious uh, a serious topic. I want you to take it with you tonight. I want to pray a prayer, you know, before we leave here, that there, uh, once again, the as, as pastor has been praying, a spirit of seriousness be about our uh, personal maintenance. Uh -huh. on our spiritual lives a, a, a bit of a bit of seriousness um, that we uh, begin to maybe if I could put it like this that we wean ourselves off of this world that we wean ourselves off of our reliances and our attachments and all the things that this thing has to offer and, and we take our hearts and I'm talking about our hearts we take our heart and we put it back in the hands of the one who designed the thing because when he comes I don't want to be found wanting. Amen. When he comes, I want to be ready. I want, my, I want to be bearing fruit. And I want to say, here it is. This is what you gave me. This is what I did with it. Here it is. Father, we just, Father, all we offer are our lives to you tonight. We offer our lives, our hearts. Father, you know the struggles of everybody in here. God, you know the, the, the life's challenges. Father, I want to thank you tonight, God, that you are our director and that you direct us through the storms. God, that you, you take us through the dark nights. God, and that you get us through the things, the challenges of our lives. Father, tonight, Lord, my prayer is that we take serious the maintenance of our spirits. And God, that we understand how important it is 
and what an honor it is to bear fruit for you. And God, that we, as we bear this fruit, that we take it with us, Lord God, and then we show it to everybody around us. And God, that we're not ashamed of what you've been growing on our tree. We're not ashamed of being connected to the vine. And Father, my prayer tonight for this tree of this congregation is strength. I pray for strength, God, for stamina. Father, I pray, God, that we begin to have our eyes opened to the value of the trials that we've been dealing with. Father, I want to thank you so much, God, that you, that you are with us and that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that I can feel your presence here tonight. We ask these things from an honest and a deep heart, with an earnest heart, with compassion and love for you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you tonight.